What you just heard were indigenous drummers and dancers of the Arctic that performed in the opening of the Arctic Encounter 2023 that was held in Anchorage, Alaska on March 29th through March 31st. This event was an incredibly well-organized event, and it had so many speakers that it's, it's hard to even fathom what was covered in a matter of three days. The organizers, Rachel Callender and Jackson Blackwell and their crew, did an incredible job on organizing speakers and having panelists and having a very broad spectrum of topics covered about the Arctic. You can go to the website of the arcticencounter.com and you can see the list of speakers of some real high hitters in Arctic Circle policy and in the North. Amongst them was U.S. Senator Lisa Murkowski, U.S. Congressman John Curtis, Congresswoman Shelley Pingree, as well as many ambassadors that came from all around the world. Also in the list were scientists and specialists on uh, energy, on research, on um, you know, military folks. The list was incredibly extensive and somehow the organizers managed to get all of these speakers on panels so that everyone had a chance to express some of their expertise. Moderator for the Arctic Encounter, senior news anchor for the Washington Post, Libby Casey. Can Libby and our speakers please join the stage? Thank you. The interesting observation that I had as a first-time Arctic Encounter Symposium attendee was how friendly everybody was. And and here we are in a room full of superstars and uh, (laughs) news anchors like Libby Casey of the Washington Post and Lori Townsend of Anchorage. There was a really open and warm feeling that people were there to to work together, to listen to one one another and to network and share ideas. Every morning there was an Inupiaq word of the day, and the first one was by Miss Patek Glenn, who is the Executive Director of Arctic Slope Community Foundation. Here's her sharing her very fun word of the day. E. Start you off with the easy one. And what's the easiest Inupiaq word? It's the word for yes. So everybody, I would like for you to say it with me after I say it. I'll ask you to say it with me. The Inupiaq word for yes is e. It's like two e's. E. All right, come on, let's hear it. Come on, one, two, three. E. That's easy. Now you know Inupiaq. <laughs> it's a lot easier than the Inupiaq word for no, which is Naomi. Uh, so with that, I want you to uh, take your new knowledge and, and uh, make today a yes day. Okay, all right, Tabra. <laughs> Now you can see right there from that little soundbite of how friendly and warm the atmosphere was, but there was also an incredibly amount of serious topics covered. The intensity of the content covered might have been overwhelming for three days in a row, 
but the organizers did a good job on bringing various speakers into play to keep it lighthearted at times and also the very important voice of the youth. On Thursday, March 30th, there was a youth spotlight. It was uh, titled Decisions Today Are Legacy Tomorrow, Young Commentary on Contemporary Arctic Policy. The moderator of this one was Jackson Blackwell, and he did a wonderful job of interviewing some of the youth on panels that ranged from uh, communities in Greenland to uh, also um, Nanavuk in Canada and also Inupika. Um, <laughs> pardon me for butchering those names, um, but I'm going to let you roll into hearing some of those wonderful, inspiring messages of who are you bringing up the mountain um, and the inclusion of young people becoming young leaders. Uh, here we go with one of the one of the speakers. Thank you to everyone who came to this panel and came to hear this discussion. Um, I also just want to reiterate the cultural value of transfers of knowledge for our people because that is what has made us successful. It's what makes us successful within the Arctic environment. Um, and for those that are you know, entering the Arctic conversation and entering the work into the Arctic, that is um, what really works for our people and you know, culturally comes from the environment. And um, I just really wanna thank everyone for coming and just consider how are you, like who are you bringing with you up the mountain? And we have just an incredible opportunity to create this great cadre of um, textured, you know, nuanced leaders um, just by simply creating spaces for inclusion of young people. So that way, you know, when it's time to make executive decisions, there we don't have to study. <laughs> there are things that are going to be within our remembrance. Um, we're going to just simply remember because we were there and because we were listening all of those years. And I think it's a very simple strategy that um, just behooves all of our nations to make that space for young people to listen and to learn and also to build relationships with each other because we'll be we'll know each other forever now. <laughs> and that's the way it is in the Arctic. We'll always be friends and we're already probably relatives some way. <laughs> um, but thank you again for, for showing up and being here and listening to the panel. One of the students on ice for the Arctic policy cohort, Mr. Kilak, he had some wonderful words to share as well. Here he is. Youth and also elders. Um, elders are knowledgeable, but youth have uh, new ideas, uh, different ideas uh, from a variety of range, maybe through education, uh, to culture and learning, because we are, we are eager to learn uh, different stuff. One program that uh, we run back home, the others, somebody's daughter and somebody's son, where these programs are healing, you get to go create um, traditional stuff like maybe gummies or uh, a harpoon. And it's a healing process as well uh, for your mental health. I took that program once uh, because I didn't grow up with a dad. Um, with that, I got to talk to the elders, and I got to talk to other youth within my community, and we were like, okay, this could work in the long run. So we got together, did a whole two pages of feedback, like how it helped us, um, and how it could um, be better, and how many phases there should be. So we decided three phases, 
creating, uh, talking, and healing at the end. Um, but we also incorporated uh, more ideas for other programs run in different communities. Uh, so as youth, we advocate for other youth to um, excel in different communities because we're so isolated in Amazing, thank you. And Evan. We've all heard this at a lot of Arctic conferences and uh, the, the thing that we've all been saying is that the youth are the future. And we are, yeah, but uh, we, won't, we won't get to where we want to be without, you know, listening to the, the elected leaders now. And uh, that's, that's all I wanted to say. To, the voice that you heard was Mr. Edmund Hobson of Alaska, and he's part of the Arctic Resilient Communities Fellowship. The speaker following him was a young woman who was very much uh, waiting quietly to share what she wanted to say, and she knew she wanted to say it with bold, bold statement. This is what Nivi Rossing of Greenland shared, and she is part of the Arctic Youth Resilient Communities. Here she is. I have two thoughts. The first one is from my fellow indigenous peoples. You are love, you are generational love, and remember where you're from and who you are. And when one indigenous person succeeds, we all succeed, remember that. And second of all, for the future conferences, please make space for youth, not just have a youth panel. Have youth in every panel, please do that. Now, following the youth spotlight, the Canadian Coast Guard's Deputy Commissioner of Operations, Mr. Chris Henderson, had some words to share with the audience. He, too, was very impressed with the youth's voice as well as with the elders and the importance of bridging the youth and the elders and with the theme of who are you mentoring and who is it that you are bringing up the mountain. Here's Mr. Henderson. That was brilliant. Thank you very much. Um, it's very hard to, uh, to stand up in front of you all after that. Um, uh, Rachel, thank you for the invitation. I also wanted to pick up on the idea yesterday that you said about uh, you know being your authentic self. Um, I, have, I have some prepared notes that's not my authentic self. Um, I will get to them in order to keep it tight, but I just want to be um, authentic at the front end a little bit here and, and just say what a privilege it is and an honor to be here um, and the the um, the issue of or the uh, the encouragement and the motivation from from that panel today uh, to listen to youth to be with youth um, is enormous and and I've had a wonderful opportunity at this conference to connect with Arctic youth and with Arctic elders and uh, and just seeing that connection has been so fabulous such a, a motivating thing for me. Um, so thank you for the opportunity to come and be with you today. For anyone who has attended an Arctic Encounter Symposium, uh, you will find it quite overwhelming, and to say the least, because there's so many interesting speakers, and there's, there's um, speakers going on at the same time, and you have to pick and choose which talks that you're going to go to. Um, on the third floor, there might be a a talk about the Arctic supply chain, challenges and opportunities. In, in the meantime, there might be a breakout session of another interesting talk called Business Support in the Arctic Growing Together, Economic Opportunity Rooted in Community. Uh, 
Um, also, there was some very um, interesting discussions about partnering for, partnering for the future, Europe and the Arctic. The uh, the amount of, of information um, at this event was is tremendous, and for this episode, I'm going to keep it uh, uh, relative to some of the women speakers. The leadership of this um, symposium was was incredibly um, well-rounded, and there was voices of both men and women, and I was quite impressed with the um, leadership of the, the women Native Voices. Um, as a podcaster for All Cooped Up Alaska, I was incredibly honored to um, be invited to attend this event, and I wanted to say a special thanks to Rachel Callender as well as Jackson Blackwell and their entire staff for doing an incredible job organizing this world-class event. Uh, at the last lunch hour, um, there were speakers at lunch as well. Just in each each one was something that you just did not want to miss. But the last lunch, um, they had a panel. Um, I guess while people were finishing their their lunch, um, talk about the facing climate realities and relocation, the perspective of three Alaskan mothers. Now, uh, Miss Libby Casey of uh, the Washington Post, who had spent time in her earlier years as a climate change reporter visiting these villages, was a moderator of this panel. And it was very exciting for her to probably get to sit and chat with some of these women that she had met years before. Um, among the panel was uh, Lisa Charles, Della Carl, Carolyn George, and Jackie Schaefer. They all got to introduce themselves in their native tongue, and you can see um, in this little next clip of why I've had such a difficult time uh, with the name pronunciation of some of the um, native names is is very different from the English language, and it becomes a challenge um, to communicate these names properly. Um, so I would love for you to hear some of them introduce themselves in their own voice. Um, here they are. Jackie, if you could just begin by introducing yourself and sharing with us why you wanted to call this group together. Hello, Lupin. Vangatika Katalinya. Nalagmi Chiska Jackie Schaefer. I am Jackie Katalinya Schaefer. I was born and raised in Kotzebue on the northwest coast of Alaska in a very traditional Inupiaq lifestyle, very important here. Um, because the panelists are from the YK Delta, the Yukon Kuskokwim. Uh, and they have a different culture, they have a different language, they have some similar ways. Um, we like to laugh, we like to, we have certain values that we cherish that are similar, but we have 11 distinct cultures, so I want to recognize that. Um, I'm the Director of Climate Initiatives at the Alaska Native Tribal Health Consortium, which is a statewide tribal health network. And um, I'm really happy to gather mothers together, not only because I like to elevate these real stories that are happening within climate impacts to our communities, but it's really important to understand the human component and the impacts to not only our lifestyles, but the impacts to us personally. So thank you. Thank you so much. Our other three guests today live either in Newtalk or Murktarvik, and you've been coaching me on how to say it better because it's written like Murktarvik, but you guys rolled your eyes when you heard me say it that way. Um, can you each introduce yourselves? And why don't we start with you, Carolyn? Tell us where you live and who, you're, who you are. Hwaka Kweena Dailiji. Kweena Atka Kelvin Carolyn George. Angay Hwaka Agena Nanakanigala Martin Mary George. Mkhtagbik Mewa Kweena Shani Khtag Mewala. Hi. Sorry, I'm so nervous. My name is Carolyn George. Um, my big name is Calvin. 
I'm from Nunchak, Alaska. My parents are Mark and Mary George. Uh, they live in Mukhtarvik and I live in Nunchak. Hello, my name is Lisa Charles. I live in um, the New Village site for Nunchak. Um, my am a mother of seven and... And we're thrilled to have you here. Thank you. Della. Hi, my name is Della Chukoyak-Karl. I'm now living in Mukhtarvik. I'm a mother of five. So I was saying to Jackie that we could start an army with the number of mothers and children represented on the stage, and Jackie said no, a task force, which I think shows you where her mind and heart lie in really creating change and cultivating community. Now, being that the Arctic Encounter Symposium is about climate change, this was a very clever way of demonstrating how people of the Arctic are impacted by their coastal village falling into the ocean and, and needing to be relocated further inland for a safer and more a healthier environment. Uh, these women all are in the process or their families are in the process of being moved. Some of them have been uh, moved to the newer community, Murtarbuk, and others are have still their um, parents and grandparents living at the community that is falling apart due to the coastal erosion. Um, it was quite an effective way of showing what some of those problems were in sanitation and health and the difficulty of heart of when a community is, is forced to move because of climate change. Uh, here's a few more words by Libby Casey. I don't know if many of you have had the privilege of, of going to see where these people live um, in, in New Talk and Murtovic, Alaska, um, but maybe you could just describe where your community is, and then we'll get into the two different communities and why there are two communities. Can you describe it for us, Carolyn? Um, Nutuk is on the west coast of Alaska, and um, I grew up there all my life. It's not like how it used to be. It's changed a lot. It's unrecognizable. Um, it used to sit high when I was growing up. There was like hills, it was dry, and now it's like it's wet. It's on the Bering Sea on the Nikwik River, and the new community of Murtovik is on Nelson Island, nine miles away. You two live there. You live back on Utah. How far does that distance feel to you, Lisa? Um, it feels pretty far. It's about nine miles from Utah. You know, I think for some people in this room, though, nine miles, you hop in your truck, you go down the road. That's really not the case, obviously. No, we can only um, get there by boat or snow machine in the winter time, and it's about 30-minute uh, boat ride in the summer, and could be like 20 minutes. What is it like there? What is the the new site like? Uh, it's a lot more safer. We're on higher ground. We don't have to uh, worry about permafrost or erosion. It's a lot safer over there. Della, what do you see? Can you describe your the new site for us and also the old site of Utah? I think one, it's cleaner, it's safer. And I say cleaner, my children aren't getting as sick like they used to uh, now that we've moved. 
the panel of these three women talking about their situation with moving a village and the process and the time it takes in addition to the type of buildings that were built and the importance of of orienting these buildings with the the you know trade winds and the change of seasons was a real eye opener for the audience. It's a easy to look at um, Arctic policy on the books and to hear about statistics of the science of it all. But when you really come down to the people that live there and the struggles they are having, uh, the impact is is very profound. Here are a few more words from that same panel. So. No, you know, one of the things with um, a separation, when you separate a community, we're not quite to the half point, right? So we have less than half moved over to the new site. So um, 200 yet to go over? Yeah, right? yeah. So, so what we have is um, a governance, you know, tribal governments are small. Their first language is Yungan. They're Yupik. Um, they don't need more training out of their community. They need real training in their community on how to adapt and deal with this. Um, these ladies are fabulous allies of mine. If something happens, I could call them or message them and they will respond. Um, we, need, we need that with everyone, not just with us. And so coordination means like your tribal government. Um, how do you govern two communities that have, and then we're coming upon these seasonal these seasons where you can't travel. And it might be six weeks, it might be eight weeks. Only Mother Nature knows. So how do you... This discussion was very impacting and it made everyone in the room think twice about how the modern world and the emissions of the modern world are impacting some of the communities that have the least amount of addition to emissions. It doesn't seem fair. Well, that concludes today's episode of All Cooped Up Alaska. The symposium was a wonderful, wonderful event that I would encourage if anyone ever had a chance to attend one of the future events. And you can also go to their website or follow them on social medias to learn and see more of what was shared in this year's 2023 Arctic Encounter Symposium. I'm Katie Ryder, and I appreciate you taking the time to listen to uh, this podcast today. If you want to get in touch with me, you can reach me at, uh, uh, I guess, the katieridergallery.com is, is my website, and you can reach out to me there. Thanks so much for tuning in, and have a great rest of your day.